all right guys so welcome, welcome to episode two yeah um we actually just got interrupted we just started recording and then someone called me and we had to sit here for 15 seconds in silence to yeah. wait for it to finish but we're back after a hiatus yes. um we both got a little swamped but here we are and very cliche but today we're going to be talking about relationships and culture culture <laughs> More so relationships, maybe how culture could tie into, I mean, all sorts of interpersonal relationships, not right. just romantic, but um, it has been breakup season, right? Breakups always happen around this time because everyone wants to get ready for summer. Winter's short in Miami. Of course, you know? And um, yeah, it's always after Valentine's Day. People wait until like mid-February and then they're like, all right, peace. They're like, perfect. I got my gifts. Um, I got my validation. It's time to go. I got my cuddles. I got my... God. But yeah, so what about relationships, right? I don't know. Um, a lot of times, Steph and I kind of find ourselves discussing like the dynamics of our own experiences, right, in relationships, as well as kind of talking to other people about theirs and how, um, I don't know, it's just very interesting where a lot of these issues, I don't know, because first you have the issue of compatibility, right? So, of course, um, what encompasses compatibility? I do believe uh, physical attraction is major. Yeah, it's when, enormous. Yeah. And as, yeah. not downplaying on like emotional connection, but this is something that we actually touched up on before we the cameras were rolling. How mm -hmm. um, just putting it in perspective, right? There's this show I watch. Um, periodically. Love is blind. <laughs> Love is blind. It's on Netflix. Um, and great show. The concept is cool, but it and it's pretty much a bunch of people that are dating and they're um there's a wall between them and they can't see each other and they're supposed to form an emotional connection and if you like the person you fucking propose to them which is and insane by the way that's actually crazy but i don't know whatever so you propose to them right and um it sounds cool it sounds dandy but then after you propose then they do the whole reveal right and then that's kind of where what solidifies or breaks up the couple because then imagine like you form this emotional connection but then you see them and there is no semblance of like sexual attraction or physical attraction and at that point what separates you between like you're you like you and this person between like a friend or um a romantic a, a romantic partner, partner and mm -hmm. sexual attraction is enormous there you have to be sexually attracted 100 to your partner <laughs> and mind you sexual attraction isn't necessarily just exclusive to physical appearance right right because i've met a lot of good, like good-looking individuals who kind of don't have what we call like sex appeal, right? Um, and I've or they're met, not conventionally attractive, exactly. Or I've met people who are more average, but they just kind of exude this like sensuality. Yeah. It's like um, how they carry themselves, look in the eyes, the confidence, etc. Yeah. So sexual attraction isn't necessarily entirely based on physical appearance. Right. However, is physical appearance important? Personally, yes. And I'm willing to argue with anyone who disagrees. <laughs> Be, well, I'm joking. I mean, see Sharon, I respect everyone's opinion. But, um, I mean, let's think about it. Like, f looks will always be the first impression, right? Yeah. And uh, you could have someone that checks all the boxes, but if they aren't, at, like, I guess, attractive in your eyes, like what you consider attractive, um, it's more than likely not going to work because... Like we said, it plays a huge role in sexual attraction. Like, you want to be able to like what you see and hear, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess feel as well. See, hear, feel. 
And if I your mean, partner, it's the first thing that draws you to someone. Exactly. And like, if your partner doesn't check those boxes, then yeah, you know, it'd be kind of naive for us to sit here and say that what's the first thing you notice off of someone that you don't know that pulls you towards them is probably how, especially with the opposite sex or whatever you're into, it's just how attractive you find them. And then when you engage in conversation with them, that could increase or decrease depending on what type of chemistry you guys have. Because of course, like someone could be very physically attractive and you can acknowledge that, Hey, this person is very attractive, but you don't connect on like a chemical level. Like it doesn't, Mm -hmm. There's no real semblance of, like, um, connection there. That's also a real thing. But more often than not, when you look at someone from far away and you're drawn to them, you want to talk to them, it's because you find them attractive. And it's the first step in getting you there. And there's there's someone for everyone. Like, someone's going to find you attractive. And, like, playing devil's advocate as well, because um, there are studies that show that women tend to be happier with men who are considered um, average-looking. And... A lot of factors complain to that. I mean, looking at it from the perspective of the woman, um, a lot of times women may not feel as threatened when they're with a less attractive partner, which is kind of shitty to say, but it is a reality. Um, And another factor to consider as well is that this goes for men and women. When an individual is physically attractive, a lot of times they have what's called like pretty privilege, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that, they tend to kind of have an easier... um, way like going about things using and capitalizing solely based on like their looks right so as a result they tend to not develop other attributes of their personality as much such as like humor charisma Mm -hmm. um empathy the ability to listen to people and so you know that's like i guess on the average individual side where since they know that they can't rely solely on their looks they're more inclined to kind of be a little bit more complex and dynamic. And because of that, they tend to be more well-rounded as well. So I guess like a better partner ideally, because as we said before, you could meet someone who's exceptionally attractive. I've met models, you know, who modeled for like what Telemundo and things like that. And like you talk to them, it's kind of like talking to a wall. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, but yeah, a hundred percent. The first impression, um, what would you say is the second, the second most, I mean like, okay. We were talking about our stack. Right? right. Because it's like what really makes someone sexually attractive? Because mm-hmm. there's physically attractive, which it's just a thing of the eyes. Like you can look it it has to do with symmetry. It has to do with this person is nice to look at. It's like eye candy. Mm-hmm. But then sexual attraction is um like deeper than skin. It's like hundred percent. It's, it's like it's something a little less it's a little less superficial. You feel it in your bones. Yeah. Bro. Like you're just <laughs> you are just drawn to this person sexual sexual attraction is magnetic like it's um it's intense it's what makes you want to be around someone it's what makes you want to have sex with them you're drawn to them yeah and that's much deeper than just the way someone looks so then what kind of gives someone sex appeal i do believe um part of i guess exuding sex appeal is just like mystery like so we as people and i've like i assume like from what i've seen with men and what have men have told me especially since men are more like you know drawn to physical appearance um a lot of times what is implied has a stronger pull than what is outwardly there so an example would be let's say you have a woman that dresses like outwardly like provocatively you know like very, very little top, very little bottoms, like very exposed, right? Leaving very little to the imagination. Whereas you may have another individual who's dressed um, elegantly yet like sensually, right? So they may have like 
a semi-tight fitting dress, but like kind of leaves a bit of ambiguity as to their form. Um, and since like we as humans, like we live a lot in our heads, yeah. right? And we like to idealize and imagine things. So when you kind of exude that, I guess like it has like an allure to it. Just like, hmm, like, I think I know what she looks like, but I don't, you know. And, like, men and women the same, right? But it's more so men because men tend to be drawn by the eyes a lot more than women. Freak energy. Freak <laughs> What exudes freak energy, huh? What exudes what freak exudes? energy? Oh, yeah, and then we had a conversation the other day where it was literally the eyes, right? The cantle tilt. The cantle tilt. How if a, if a person's eyes are upturned, which is called the cantle tilt, yeah. they're... They exude freak energy. It's like the like hunter's eyes. Yeah, they Almost have more feline. of a sex appeal. Yeah. That's so funny to me. Poor guy who has like the droopiest. Like, what Yikes. if you're just like, you know, that's what people get like blepharoplasty I mean, for. some people have their own appeal with that too. I mean, it really just depends. I feel like sexual attraction is also formed by, it's by, it's so individual because it's formed by your culture and what you believe is cool and what you believe is attractive as well. Like that's all, it's, it's really just in your head. That too. is true. And of course there are objectively attractive people and attractive qualities and sexually attractive qualities that across the board most people say uh, um across like both genders as well but um it's interesting because i don't know if you were to look back or think back to if there's a pattern in like the the men that you have found like sexually attractive like much more than just physically attractive because you can be attracted to just quite literally anyone Mm -hmm. but to be sexually attracted to be drawn to someone is there a pattern? Is there something that you notice? Well, I'm definitely a sucker for eye candy, right? Like, um, I would say, with the exception of maybe one, the, like, all of my partners, or at least the majority of my partners, have been objectively attractive, attractive right? Um, that being said, what really draws me is, like, me, I'm huge on banter. Like, I love going back and forth and being witty. It's almost like a... Um, love language yeah a love language more so like an indicator of intelligence yeah i like to see like what people if people can continue a joke if people can continue the conversation what else they come up with um i don't know why like i've loved like i just love conversation and i love people who are very good at making conversation and it does take a degree of you know fast thinking you know kind of being able to adapt to your situation um read the like read the room kind of see if you know more about the topic at hand etc so yeah i do think um a big thing is yeah i guess physical attraction combined with intelligence and i don't know it's like almost um so sensuality almost has like a i don't want to say heavier feel to it but a lot of times people who have almost like a uh, it's really hard to to quantify i don't want to say like a darker air about them it sounds very corny but I mean, it is a darker era. It is Seduction dar- is dark. It's, yeah. You know, so like you have people who are maybe unorthodox, right? Or, you know, that's why like they have like that whole archetype of like, yeah, women like It's almost boys. like the forbidden. Yeah. The forbidden tends to be alluring because you can't have it. Exactly. And then that kind of plays into seduction mm-hmm. because the art of seduction is like giving, it's teasing, like it's giving just enough. And, and seduction needs to be implied. Yes. And never outwardly said. And that's something that people can play on with their own personality. And some people are just naturally like that, like, which why, is why some people just have like this sort of, like, this oozing, magnetic pool. oozing, like, appeal to them. I mean, you don't really know why, but that's really what it is. Like, if we were to quantify it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd say I kind of 
for me, physical attraction is because I feel like um, I can look at someone from across the room and always acknowledge like there are people that I look at that I find more attractive. Like some men I look at, I'm like, okay, they're more attractive. Mm -hmm. Other men I look at and I don't find as attractive, but it's all kind of weighed the same in my head and I'm not really interested until I've had enough time to analyze them. I agree. Watch how they've interacted with other people. How, and then how do they interact with me? Mm -hmm. How do they relate to me? And how do we relate to each other in a specific environment? Like that, that plays an enormous, enormous part of why I would be attracted to someone. And it varies by individual. Like Mm -hmm. I'm very open. So it just depends. And um, in terms of physical attraction, I don't really see a trend in like the men that I've dated, but um, I think I do agree with the whole banter thing. I have to be, I have to be able to um, be with someone that is on stimulates you that stimulates me yeah like intellectually and whenever i have been bored of someone not of someone more of the relationship it has to do with the lack of that Mm -hmm. and then i find myself seeking that more into my friends so then i'll lean into my friends more when that need isn't really being met so yeah yeah. i guess it kind of just ties into the whole notion of um always dating your partner yeah like no matter what even if like you are officially together and you're past those stages just trying to keep it light they're just remembering what drew you together to begin with yeah um and a lot of times too when people i mean issues are inevitable in a relationship right but what happens is that many times individuals view it as them versus their partner right whereas it should be a team effort it should be collaborative um so it should be you two versus the issue and because of that, a lot of relationships tend to fall apart because they kind of lose that um, that sense of, you know, like connection. Yeah. Like you guys are a team, you guys are partners, you know, and both of you play equal roles, but different. Like yeah. I'm a big fan of gender roles. I'm sorry, like not I to agree. be controversial um, and not in the sense that I believe, you know, because I feel like people are quick to paint the whole notion of gender roles as a negative it, connotation. Yeah, because they believe that it implies this um like inferiority with within women. women when that's not really the case i mean if you look at us biologically women are quite literally caregivers mm-hmm. right we have higher levels of oxytocin we have higher levels of estrogen um we are built literally to rear children and to care for yeah. them and whereas men have higher levels of testosterone they tend to be more aggressive more assertive whatever you may be and they are primed to be leaders providers um, and I believe that's just our nature, you know? Um, and I don't believe that just because you're a career woman, you can't be, you can't assume the role of a traditional woman, you know? Like, yeah. I don't believe it's mutually exclusive. Like, I personally, I want to be able to make my own money. I want to have my own career, my own aspirations. But I also oh, want sorry. to, it's okay. <laughs> sorry. I also want to assume the role of a woman. I want to feel feminine. I want to be able to choose a partner that I feel that I could trust and confide in enough to make decisions for us and lead myself as well as eventually a yeah. family, you know? Um, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, I don't think there's any right or wrong, That's but just my personal take yeah. on it, you know? And um, controversial opinion, but I do believe that is why a lot of people find themselves unhappy because a lot of men kind of don't know how to be leaders or providers. And a lot of women, maybe because of negative experiences, maybe because as a result of their environment, um, they're hesitant to assume this quote unquote submissive role. Like it's kind of gained yeah. this negative connotation. I have a bone to pick. Okay, with go. That. I just, 
Um, and this comes from just a lot of things I see on social media and a lot of things that I see people talk about. Like, you know, this whole like thing going around where like uh, guys ain't shit, girls ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Like it, I feel like um, your camera. <gasps> no. no. Do you grab the talk tape? I have double sided tape. I'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. <laughs> so um, anyways, as I was saying that, um, yeah, I have a, an entire I have a bone to pick with that whole thing of um, guys ain't shit, girls ain't shit or um, this whole thing of like you got to treat these guys how they treat you. You got to treat these women the way they treat you. And I feel like that just absolves the the individual of any sort of responsibility because the reality is, is that you as a person are other people can contribute to your pain or your trauma quote-unquote like um people can contribute but it will always be your responsibility it's also your responsibility to be accountable for the types of people that you let into your life and um i see that a lot amongst honestly like i see it amongst both genders but i'm speaking from like the perspective of a woman and like what type of conversations i have with other women and um there's a sort of hyper independence amongst women which is like independence is amazing you should be your own person you should be complete as an individual have your own hobbies have your career have your own aspirations outside of whoever you're with but it comes to a point where it's where it's avoidant like quite literally just an 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 avoidant way of approaching relationships avoiding a way of avoiding a avoidant way of like approaching life and whenever they get into um, relationships and things tend to get hard or there's a behavior that is very stereotypical, stereotypically masculine that a man is presenting and let's say a man wants to lead, I have noticed that amongst, like I'll see these women kind of fall back into these avoidant patterns and like these, this hyper-independence and pull back and then point a finger at the, at the man, not just the man, but in the entire system of this quote-unquote patriarchy. And of course, like, I do believe that originally, like, society was built by men. Yes, absolutely. And it was built by men, for men, for women, however your viewpoints are. But right now we live in a modern society. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't like this whole thing of, like, guys ain't shit, girls ain't shit. It just, it completely absolves your responsibility. You are the one that sets boundaries for who you want into your life. If you think that you keep attracting, if you constantly feel like you're always getting hurt or you're always putting more, or people never treat me right that's your fault unfortunately because um you are the one picking these people mm-hmm. <laughs> because you have this like innate need for like validation that you don't know how to fill yourself that of you course. might not even be aware of yeah. so then you subconsciously start to pick these partners that validate you that you and then it starts this pattern and i see this in people all the time i've seen it in myself i've seen it in my close friends my family And um, it comes to a point where you kind of have to take responsibility and say, I am the common denominator in all of these issues. There's no way that these men or these women that are completely separate from each other, they don't know each other, all happen to, we, I have the same storyline with each and every one of them. Like, it makes no sense. So then you have to kind of look at yourself and be like, I'm kind of the one that set that tone to begin with. Of course. Like, that being said, you aren't responsible for another individual's actions. Mm -hmm. However, 
you have responsibility over who you let into exactly. and out of your life. You know, it's one thing that you meet an individual, you thought they're really cool, and then they end up kind of, you know, throwing a couple of red flags. At that moment, it is your responsibility to say, hey, you know what? I don't think this is good for me. I already see where this leads. It's time I'm for me going to go. To walk away. You know, and just have the, I guess, um, ooh, timer. <laughs> Fucking hate this. I almost pulled my piercing out. Anyway, so as I, as I was saying, um, ultimately, you have control and jurisdiction over who you let in and out of your life. You have control over who you have contact with and who you don't. Um, that's barring extreme cases of like domestic abuse and things like that. But even then, um, there are always signs along the way. And even very important. early on. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, it does take two to tangle. So like, People may stay for the right reasons. They may stay because they have a belief in the individual. They feel like they may get better. Or they may have a self-esteem issue where they feel like they can't do better. Um, they start developing a codependence. Whatever the case may be, um, that doesn't change the fact that you have control, you know, over that. Yeah, um, and you have choice. You have autonomy. Of course, yeah. And um, I don't know. I've always been a fan, too, of, like, I've never really, like, pointing the finger, like, all of my relationships that ended badly, I, I like to look back on through like a lens of gratitude. Yeah. You know, it sounds cheesy, but ultimately, regardless of whether it worked or worked out, or whether it didn't or didn't, did or didn't work out, I mean, obviously it didn't, right? Because here I am, but um, it's still learning lessons. And I'm still grateful for having met these individuals. Absolutely. And I don't think a single one of them are bad people, yeah. as we like to paint our, our exes oftentimes, you know? Um, because as much bad there was, there was also good. And ultimately, there's a reason why you stayed. And there's a reason why you were with them to begin with. And yeah. it's important to acknowledge that. And to kind of cherish that, you know. Um, because those are experiences that you never get back. And those are lessons that will make you a better partner for your next relationship. And we should always ride the road of self-improvement. You yeah, know, absolutely. you're never perfect. There's always things that you can build on. And as long as you keep exercising that bone and kind of keeping an open mind, um, inevitably you will, you know, take on better traits be a better person be a better partner friend and that's family member active effort like of course you don't just get out of a relationship grieve it and then just go back to your same ways like that's yeah. much easier but the reality is is that part of getting over a breakup is moving on as an action it's moving on like you're quite literally walking away from the situation walking away from the person or the version of yourself they were in that moment and mm -hmm. it takes active effort and in order to move on you have to make some changes. And it's going to hurt like a bitch. It should hurt, though. It should. Because there is... Some of the greatest lessons come from the greatest pains. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no other way. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, you can't find a way where it's going to hurt less. So you just kind of have to pick your pain. You pick the pain that's short-term but hurts more, which would be the road of self-improvement. Or you pick the low-grade one that keeps getting you situation after situation where you're losing time. Mm -hmm. And um, you keep getting older and you keep being stuck in these patterns like that's also the type of pain that you're choosing neither one is changes. easy but one is much shorter exactly. and one is actually much more rewarding but it also hurts the most mm -hmm. so it's kind of just like it Taking is what it the is. road less traveled yeah essentially yeah yeah um i don't know and like there's a lot to be said too because i feel like we live in a world too that preaches um this idea like you said of independence of like being by yourself of like taking the time for yourself wolf. yeah being the lone wolf like and it's almost preaching isolation yeah. like i do understand the original premise of it is to 
take time to self-reflect, right? Yeah, and a lot of times, reflect. Yeah, and a lot of times that does require a degree of, you know, not isolation, but yeah, just taking time for yourself pulling back. That's and pulling back. Um, but I feel like we've reached an extreme and we've missed the fundamental point of humanity, which is essentially that men and women are quite literally made for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we are social creatures. We're not meant to be living in an isolated space. Yeah. We're meant to be living in communities with people, with partners, ultimately. Because um, that really is the end goal. Like as much as people, like, of course, don't go out there and like make everything that your life is about revolve around finding an individual right, of course. but also don't close yourself off to it yeah it's more so just being um just doing your thing and just whoever approaches approaches like don't shut people out just because you may have had negative experiences because Be these are curious and explore people. exactly and of course like take lessons with your with your past experiences as well right, don't forget course. them but also don't let them affect you or draw like or like jump to conclusions right of course you know that are not really supported by evidence exactly. in a way um but yeah no it's a very interesting time when it comes to dating these days and uh, especially here in miami oh yeah <laughs> i mean honestly i don't really like definitely we have to acknowledge that miami is something else and yeah. that the dating scene here is a little warped but that's really absolutist and it's so black and white and then the reality is is that there are people out there that are like willing and able and in a good place to be in a relationship in Miami it's not really it's the environment isn't necessarily conducive but then again you can kind of find whatever you want here as well at least the people here are beautiful yeah so you don't really have to struggle with that but um most of the people here are fit too but Mm -hmm. I don't know. We live in a fucking cold plunge pandemic right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know why. The epidemic of the cold plunge. Everyone here is cold plunging. I've heard like five people this past week alone tell me about their, how their ritual. Their cold plunge ritual and how they've gone to events that there are, are solely cold for cold plunging, plunging. events. And I, I really don't. I, I personally hate the cold. I've never. I would sit in a sauna for as long as you want me to. But a cold plunge. I'll try it. But I don't see myself fitting that into my daily routine yes yeah, so, so, like i guess a weekly routine and like a lot of people say that it has benefits in like terms of thermal regulation because your body has to act well, well actively work harder to warm yourself up what and also to it, just it, eating healthy sleeping well and drinking water well the whole thing about like brown fat kind of intrigued me like it is interesting right? absolutely like is it really true though or there like, has to be some sort of it's like a little one percent increase it's like the thing <laughs> is it's so marginal that negligible it's like, is it even like is it even like worth pursuing in that because okay i can understand how cold plunging is good for mental health for example or good for energy levels just because of the like if you get into a cold, if you wake up in the morning and you're tired and there's nothing that's gonna wake you up like freezing cold fucking water okay it's 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 kind of like a no-brainer and then from there you're already awake it's literally like a cup of coffee i understand that and then it's from like there, taking a bump of coke yeah like a little, little, a little, lime, a little lime. Lime. <laughs> and, and um, not that we, we don't do drugs don't by do the drugs. way that was just a joke that was a joke so it was just a yoke if you guys really think that of us fuck you just kidding <laughs> yeah. we don't do coke <laughs> anyways yeah so um that was aggressive i'm sorry <laughs> sowie 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 um 
We're just two girls. We're, we're just two girls. We're just two girls. <laughs> girls also doing the most insane shit. I'm just a girl. No, actually, girls will like break into their ex's house. I'm just a girl. And like fucking kill their dog and be like, I'm just I'm just a girl that's in love. And I'm like, smear bitch, feces all over need, the wall. I'm like, you need to be on antipsychotics. I'm like, <laughs> where's the hell put you away? Actual, actually, though, fuck. No, but um, yeah, no, fuck cold plunging. Um, it's cool if you do it. Not judging I you. Not saying it. we're cooler because we are willing, refraining from it. I'm willing to try it, actually. I'm willing to try I'm it, too. I'm about to sell out. But I don't, I will absolutely not be putting that into my routine. Like what if, weekly what if, routine. What if like it, it hits different? Then you maybe know? I will. Then maybe you will. Listen, never I'm say open never. minded. But the lesson of the day is never say never. On this day, when February it comes to relationships, 21st, when it comes to your career choices, when it comes to cold plunging, never say never. This applies to cold plunging as well. Of course, specifically cold plunging. Dude, I speak to everyone in Miami Beach. To all my Miami Beach people watching this that live there. Um, you guys are great, right? But so we're born and raised in Miami, right? We spoke about this like in the first podcast episode. But there is such a difference, and we're from Kendall, and there's such a difference between people, like locals, and because the thing is, because we're from in Miami Beach, is from out of town. Yeah, they're not, and then there's such um, it's it's kind of cool because since we're from the suburban part of Miami, um, everyone here is from Miami, born and raised in Miami. Most most people here are also first generation Cuban Americans, and um, you kind of get the same storyline. And there's this like really good cohesion of people, and everyone kind of understand each other. Everyone kind of thinks the same way. Mm-hmm. But then to go to a place like South Beach, it's not all of Miami Beach, mostly South Beach, um, below Lincoln, the the Mall Lincoln Road. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of see like this amazement with like it's diversity mm, that's Miami true diversity <laughs> and it's so cute like it's like but not in a derogatory way that's so <laughs> condescending it's so cute no it's Aww. there's like no he's way just to a little guy oh he's just a little just guy. A guy from out of town oh <laughs> he's from idaho you like miami <laughs> <laughs> no but it's it's kind of cool because it's like there's just they just fit so well because no one in South Beach is from fucking South Beach. And they're like, God, I love, I fucking love Miami. I love partying. I love club space. They're so funny. They're like, I love Molly. <laughs> they're like, like, I, I love cold plunging. Before coming here. And then they're all like, yeah. You, you want know, some Tusi? They're like, just... I'm on a new challenge today. Um, I just did a hundred, I'm doing a hundred pushups, a hundred squats, a hundred sit-ups. They go to Muscle Beach every day. Dude, Equinox they is like a culture. Ups. Oh yeah, Equinox or t- Anatomy. Anatomy takes over South Beach, and then for no reason. I mean, I get the free towels; it's pretty cool. I worked out there once, but it, like I don't know. I've Their never bathroom been a is fan. nice. I've never been a fan of fancy gyms. To me, the bathroom was like, yeah, I could go to the LA. Give me the warehouse dirty gym. Give me the fucking grime, Where, like it's sweat. The fucking I want weights the, are full the, of like, grease. The fucking flakes of skin from people scratching themselves. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Crud. Damn, bro, you really be you want dandruff <laughs> on your fucking. <laughs> the leftover that needles the i want the empty <laughs> syringes everywhere i want aids i need <laughs> to have aids where can i possess but specifically this? through steroid use yeah not through anal penetration from please. how fucking enormous i am yeah not through anal penetration <laughs> no suppositories here no yeah it's cool if you if i was gay i'd be a top I feel like if I was gay, I'd be a bottom. <laughs> I feel like I'd be a fucking power bottom. I have no idea why. I'd be like a switch. No, you're definitely a top. I'm top? Really? Yeah, you'd definitely. I exude top energy. 
I just love stuffing my dick into things, you know? Mm-hmm. I love cranking it. <laughs> I love cranking it. I love cranking it, you know? Uh, cranking it in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> cranking it in the sauna with my homies and my boys, my homie sexuals. <laughs> that was so fucking ugly. <laughs> cranking it is so visceral, dude. It's so fucking vulgar. At that point, you're not even, you're Who like literally bending it in that? half. <laughs> you're like, that's what I picture. You're, you're not even, you're just cranking it. <laughs> you're like pulling fucking stick shift Dude, but at that point it would break unless you're doing it soft <laughs> that's like a common girl thing to do with like a guy yeah but they're like there's a helicopter and then they're like stop i'm like, like lasso <laughs> helicopter <laughs> Um, not that I've ever seen a penis before. I'm actually a virgin, guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. celibate. I'm actually going to Nun Academy <laughs> to become Stephanie a nun. dropped out of nursing school. She's actually yeah. I'm going. To, I'm going to be a nun. She's sister Stephanie now. Yeah, but like the ones that like live in the fucking mountains, like shave their heads. Yeah, there's a Catholic version of that. But yeah, I'm going to be a part of that. I've never seen a penis before. <laughs> I don't even know what that looks like. What's a penis? Exactly. Exactly. That's just a concept in my head, honestly. Right? Like the, we're the last all time I Barbie dolls. Yeah. We're all Barbie and Ken. The last time we heard about a penis was like in fifth grade yeah. anatomy class. And yeah. it was I couldn't even look at it because I was so grossed out. No, yeah. I specifically signed the form to not be present because that goes that's blasphemous. That goes against my ideology. Yeah, it goes against my religion. Yeah. Just like the fact that they're propagating this idea of a appendage hanging out of her. Like, just like a fucking third leg. And only some of us have it. Unfair. I, I refuse to believe it. Yeah, no, I don't believe that. Because I feel like if it feels I like don't have the appendage, it feels like a government plant. That's a government plant. The fact that they're saying that penises are real. The fa- the phallic, the fallows. I know you're watching. <laughs> Big brother. Big brother's watching. We know. We know penises are We know are about your, we know. your agenda to push this concept of penises onto us. Even though we both know it's not real right right comment down below (laughs) (laughs) do you have a penis do you have a penis do you believe that it's a real thing if you do comment down below and let us know what you think how do we go from relationship (laughs) to the concepts of penis i mean it kind of ties into relationships if it was real i would use like drake's like jacking off video as like a pickup line i'd be like yo have you seen drake i wasn't hiding my meat from the world (laughs) I was hiding the world from my from it. And it's like, isn't Poppy. Drake's junk kind of small? And then they'll reply, what do you mean? Like, it was pretty it's big. And it's like, that? oh, shit. So does that mean? That's crazy. Right? You just got draked. Right? <laughs> Fuck. I'd just be draking it. Did you hear about how Hulk Hogan faked his penis in a sex tape? So essentially what happened is that it was part of his persona. Was and he actually had, he had a prosthetic on. That was like Man way had a bigger. Strap on, that's crazy. <laughs> it was way bigger than what it actually was, and Some then um, he wasn't like it would have been funnier if they leaked the video and he was like, "Haha, guys, by the way, that was actually prosthetic." Because then okay, but then it ended up coming up as evidence on a court case later on that he had to admit to using a prosthetic penis. What? Yeah. What did he do? I don't know, but that's wait, just that's a huge detail. <laughs> You're like, I really don't know. Yeah, so like, um, his prosthetic, you just jumped the court case. <laughs> you were like, I really, I can't yeah. expand on that. I can't expand. I can't it was speak part of the evidence in a, in a murder trial. I'm like, what? All I know is that in the trial, he had to say his penis was fake. Based. <laughs> Honestly. Pog. Pog, some real ass shit. Yeah. Um. 
We can't be serious for that long. No. We really can't. Because we're here, like, smacking our lips, trying to be normal. ASMR. 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 <laughs> Why the fuck are you looking at me that way? I just have fucking eyes. Yeah, bro. And you're looking at you me. You fucking dorky ass You were face. looking at... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. You can't even open your eyes, bitch. Fuck you. I can't. I can't. Sweet always has her eyes closed. Yeah, She's I'm like, sorry. Is it impressive how I managed to navigate the world, basically? I'm blind. not racist. <laughs> this sounds a little defensive. I don't believe you. Me, myself, You're I'm just actually... just a little gooky. Let's not bring that back. <laughs> you know what I felt about that? I had a fucking moment. <sighs> Should I bring it back? Stephanie didn't know that Google was a derogatory. I didn't know, okay? And then we filmed our first episode... And then I kept saying it, and I was like, oh, how goofy are you? Still one to like, ten. I'm like, and then don't say that. there was a point where she stopped. She looked at me, and she goes, you know that's, like, not okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, my mad dog. I'm so sorry. I'm dead. So, yeah. What was the origin of that word? And then I screamed at her to, like, e- edit it out. <laughs> so, apparently, it means American and Korean. They would say migook, but then the Americans... It sounds like a way of saying my dog. <laughs> my dog. <laughs> migook? <laughs> my god <laughs> the americans misinterpreted it as it them worse. saying like me gook <laughs> making it so much fucking worse so yeah korean war <laughs> me gook meant american but then the americans thought they were saying me gook like me gook right so then later on they, well i mean they started using it as derogative but then later on in the vietnam war completely different country they called them gooks too so now it's just like asians are, are gooks True. Quote. Air quote. <clears throat> Asians are Allegedly. Not. I'm Asian. I could say that. I could get away with it. I'm not an- Asian. I'm not ancient. <laughs> I'm not ancient. <laughs> I am ancient. Bitch. Who are you calling old? Me. Okay. <laughs> Origins of Buddhist. Gook. Me gook. Me gook. My gook. This is purely educational. This is not racist in any no. sort of way. We're not trying to be derogative. Shout out to... Derogatory. I, I always mix those words up. Dude, derogative this, and derogatory. This, she says... She, she means to say woman, and then she says women. I say plural. Like There's warm. only one woman. Like, <laughs> I say warm. Like, Let's say I want to be warm, but then I think of like worm. Dude, it's like... What? I'm and just then dyslexic. She'll be talking about me. And she's like, like this woman, women. And I'm like, there's only one of me. I'm I'm just dyslexic when it comes to speaking English, guys. She's a paranoid schizophrenic. I am. I'm actually um, a projection of Stephanie's mind. I'm not real. This is my podcast. Yeah. (laughs) This is what it would be like if I had a friend. (laughs) That's so sad. Imagine you look at the, the video and it's just you. On the chair alone, there's no one here. I feel like I would kill myself. I would too. I would blow my fucking brains out. I think I I, I concur. Suicide warning. <laughs> Fuck. Trigger warning. But yeah. Should uh, we should we include that? The trigger warning? Trigger warning. Racism. Oops, suicide. <laughs> what? Relationships. Suicide. Racism. That's horrible. I think that's even worse than just leaving the trigger warning out. I don't even know if we're gonna keep this in the in the in the yeah fuck it let's quote. keep it okay I said that last time you said that last time <laughs> you're like no no stop take it down take it down you bitched out certified bitch fuck <laughs> <laughs> fuck I think uh, that wraps her episode I up, think right? it wraps okay it up. cool 
Um, Thank you guys. But I'm. T- yeah, we marked it too because we can't. We we don't. It's funny because we don't know how to read, but like we had to mark it to kind of give the impression that we know how to read. I know? have a different soundboard too. It, apparently, it'll like. We could have like monster voices and stuff, or we have like male voices. I'm looking forward to it. I hope to use it. In the we next should fake a guest and then just be like, with like a fake. Oh yeah, one more voice. thing. So we do have some. <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> we do have some <laughs> potential prospects for our first interview podcast. Yes. Um, we have a lot of interesting people we actually want to present and have. We just kind of want to film a couple solo episodes first, but just know that we are very excited to bring these very exceptional individuals along on our podcast. Just a quick update. That wraps up episode two. Thank you, guys. That was so fucking corny. I don't know why I did that. (laughs) Goodbye.